0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales Tales from Outer Outer Space, Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one, Mistakes Were Made, written by Argus the Cat. Captain Polgara Zinn stalked the cold metal corridor of the inner depths of his ship. Janga ships were designed like every species ships in a way that made a sense to their builders, and so while his ship had the bridge midway down the spine for a commanding view of battle and the shield generators situated nearest the fighting bays to screen them during launch, so was their brig here, deep inside the ship so that anyone trying to escape from the lackluster guards on punishment duty here would have to fight the way through the whole ship to get anything resembling escape. Of course, that meant that the captain had a long walk to interrogate the prisoner. But it was worth it. Sometimes. The zin came from the only bulky door on the guard outside and saluted and gave a dismissing gesture. The guard moved quickly to open it for him, either out of respect or simply bored enough to take any chance at work. The smell of the harsh cleaning substances we used in the floors and recycled air of the hallway was replaced by a more lively scent as he stepped inside. The smell of the heavy breath, body heat, and blood. Stepping into the interrogation chamber, he gave a shuffling of his neck frills. Similar to a human sigh, but with the agricultural connotation of showing that one of his comfortable enough to express such short relief. Comfortable enough because they were in command of the situation, and the only other person in the room was strapped to a very unpleasant-looking chair. The human had been captured during a raid on one of their fleet resupply stations two days ago, and his presence offended the captain. He was clearly not a warrior, none of the layered muscle mass or implanted weaponry that had been found of the human marines. Instead, he had a mess of short blonde hair and reminded Zinn of too much of his own down. The soft eyes and the soft face was, um, "'Currently bleeding.' "'Why was it bleeding? "'He hadn't ordered the interrogation to start. "'Unacceptable. God "'He shouted the command and gave no room for interpretation, "'and the unfortunate and enlisted sailor scurried into the room behind him. "'Yes, Captain?' "'The underling asked, saluting, a look of minor fear in his eyes. "'Did you damage the prisoner before I got you?' "'The question was direct.' He learned in his years as a captain that being direct was the best way to get straight answers. Groomen could find so many ways of giving a response that might offend the superior. The guard broke eye contact, guilt painted on his face, sir, so he was um insulting i overreacted and um the explanation began, but it was too late. Zinn had a duty as a captain after all. The plasma blade took the guard's arm off at the second elbow, nothing overly serious, and, to his credit, he didn't even scream as the limb hit the floor, merely grinding his teeth together. A small bit of fluid leaked out from the side of its mouth, retracting the blade. Zim gave a short nod as punishment for failure was completely effective. Get out, take that with you, he gestured to the chunk of flesh. If the crewmen got to the mid-bay in time, they might yet survive to be discharged at the next stop. As the hatch closed behind the retreating back of the guard, Zinn turned around to see the human with the mouth hanging open. "'Holy crap!' he bloated out. "'I apologize, human, for the failure of my guard. You are not to be damaged before interrogation.' He may be a Jenga captain on top of the line battleship, but they may be at war with humanity. But there was no reason to not be polite. This human, though, seemed far less inclined towards protocol. Frack, that. You don't need to interrogate me at all. I'll tell you whatever you want. Just don't chop my freaking arms off. Odd. This is not normally how interrogations with the human military personnel went, and Zinn said as much. Why are you so eager to betray your people? The human kept taking glances at the small box in Zinn's belt, from which the plasma blade could be produced as he answered. Man, I'm not trained to resist torture. You'll get it all out of us anyway, so engineers are just trained to tell you what you want and try to negotiate release. them. can I be released? No. The question was different, but his answer was not. "'Worth a try,' the human sighed. "'So, what do you want to know so you don't cut me up?' "'He was going on much smoother than expected. "'With a bit of luck, he'd have something positive to report to his superiors "'without having to embellish anything. "'Well, to start with, tell me your name and function. "'I'm Engineer Second Class Michael Barkley. "'I work primarily on post-repair inspections. "'I'm kind of my crew's intern, almost.' I spend a lot of time doing paperwork, writing reports and problems with warship construction, that sort of thing. So, you are able to tell me about the human forces during the Second Battle of Valhalla. Information on the new weapons deployed there would be quite valuable. The human Barclay gave a confused look. I mean, if I remember the ports correctly, it was mostly just having an equal number of ships, and we still took heavy losses. I'm not an admiral, dude. He checked his datapad for recommended questions. Rem, well, what about construction on a new human dreadnoughts? What would be within your realm of specialization? Oh yeah, I mean, kind of. We've been having trouble with fighter manufacturing since there's unsuitability problems with the amp crystals that we've been using. It's setting us back a while on the new carrier launches. Ah, an actual usable data... This would explain why the fleets had been seeing fewer carriers. What else could he get from the strangely helpful human? The prepare procedures for your destroyer vessels. Are you retrofitting them as they are fixed from battle damage? Oh, man. Despite the human's restraint, he still seemed to sigh with his whole body. You would not believe how much of a to practice patch up a destroyer. Then unfurled a single shoulder tendril in interest and either Barclay knew enough to jank up for your theology to know that it meant to go on, or else he was just too caught up in what to say and did it so anyway. The management is a nightmare. There's usually three people in charge of different parts of the project, and they never coordinate properly. It takes forever to get decent orders, so we usually just end up having to set up our own comms with the other teams and working that way. It's a giant pain in the rear to actually fix anything we're supposed to retrofit too. But the supply runs never arrive quite in time, so we work with what we have just to get the battle ready. This is fascinating. Are all engineering pursuits run this way? Barkley shrugged as much as he could. Though no, I mean, I uh, haven't seen any reports on it. It looks like it's just the destroyers because they're a lower priority. Then made some notes in the datapad. "'Thank you. Uh, that is uh, useful, I think. "'Or at least something I can report to my superiors. "'This has been a very productive interrogation, "'and I don't think I'll need to injure you at all.' "'Oh, well, thanks.' "'Barkley may have become a little too comfortable "'after being allowed to ramble about his workplace problems. "'Enough so to express sarcasm, at any rate.' "'The captain turned to leave, then thought for a minute and turned back.' Disabling the recording feature on the datapad, he set it aside on the small table and informed, I have one final question, just from me. Now it was the engineer's turn to raise an eyebrow. Yeah? How? How are you winning the war? The question was treason. If anyone heard him ask it, he'd be executed for sure. But he had to know. What? Are you nuts? I thought you guys were winning. No sarcasm this time, just pure surprise. The response shocked the captain as much as the question had his prisoner. You steal the victory at every opportunity. You cut down strategic targets wherever they are presented. Your people are ruining mine, and this war is tilting in balance. And I want to know, for a species that reports nothing but failure, how are you winning? His voice had risen to a shout, and he was glad now that he'd sent the guard away before beginning here. The human had leaned back, perhaps in fear, as the captain had grabbed his arms with a chair and pushed forward, demanding to know the secret. Um, um, we uh, thought you were winning? The panicked words spilled out of the man, and before he could ask anything else, he kept going, out of fear of retribution. I mean, uh, we have access to your data net, and I'm sure you have some of ours, and yours doesn't have any propaganda or media or anything. It's all just victory reports and almost no lost mentions, and your maintenance guys keep everything in perfect order, and your tech seems to be 50 years ahead of ours, and it's just a little demoralizing, you know? We're just barely hanging on, and you're crashing us. The captain leaned back, looking down at somewhat pathetic engineer. He began to understand what had happened. What? he asked. Is your job, your specific day-to-day job? Well, like I said, I mostly write reports and spot failure in battleship systems. Failures. Reports on failure. The human kept trying to cower away from the captain's form, even though the restraints would never allow it. Yeah? So? And you're alive? Can I please stay that way? Captain Zinn gave a shuffling. He stepped back. Do you know, he said in an almost conversational tone, speaking to himself as much as to Bartley, that I am missing two fingers, memories of a minor failures from the early days in the service. He paced for a bit, muttering to himself as the captive silently watched with an apprehension. Failures, failures, they report failures. Raising his voice, he turned again to face the prisoner. Do you know what happens to a Changar that reports a failure? Of course you do. You saw. That is not an act of particularly brutal taskmaster. That is common. That is how the Nine Empresses decree it. Failure must not reach the ears of your batters. It must be dealt with, personally. Or, when that cannot happen, it must be covered up, so no one can ever know your shame. Um, that... The human started, but the Jangar captain cut him off. Yes, that—that that is why there is no propaganda on our data and is why it is all real reports and all utterly useless. That is why captains must often guess what is wrong or make foolish manoeuvres to cover the fraud strategies. That is why you are winning. We all make mistakes, Barkley said with a steady voice, as the first time in the interrogation. Then looked at him for a very long time. We do, he said, but only one of our peoples are bold enough to admit it. Tell me, what happens when you write your reports? They get filed with fleet command? And then more experienced engineers design the problem out of existence? An engineer's answer, but it made sense. The captain smiled. Of course you do, and they aren't punished or executed, so they become more experienced in things other than lying to their superiors. I understand. "'Too late, but I understand.' He trailed off before going over and snapping off the restraints of the human prisoner. Massaging his wrists, Barkley looked at his captor. "'So, um, what now? "'Now I will submit the report of this interrogation. and "'I will do my best to show the dangers posed by humanity without making the Jangar appear weak, "'and I will then await both my own execution and yours "'when the information causes us to lose ships in another fleet engagement.' It'll be a tiring week, though I'll try to keep you comfortable. This war has been, um, foolish, and I should not say that, but it doesn't matter now much. My fate is inevitable, I suppose. Barkley leaned forward, pulling something out of his boot. I mean, you could do that. He pulled back, and a small black box in his hand. Or, I mean, you don't seem like a bad guy. Maybe we can try an alternative to your crappy plan, where we both die. What is that? A pocket knife. You really need to talk your guards up about proper search procedures. Someone should write... A report. Yes, well, we've talked about this. Right, well, I mean, I was hoping to escape the ship and maybe get back to human space. Wanna come along? I mean, if you're dead anyway. Then looked over the human, the man's eyes now scanning the room in a much more precise way than before, with a much more direct look in his face. The look... Of someone who is used to solving problems and recovering from minor setbacks like being taken captive on an enemy warship. I don't suppose your military has a place for a now confirmed failure that's committed treason against the rival government. Ah, already going for an officer position, eh? Captain Cheeson of the FFS Ascension into Redemption sat calmly on the bridge of his warship, crew busy around him. In the last four years since his escape, he had become a bit of an important figure to the resistance movement among his first people, the first actual defector to join the Federation Space Service. It was a symbol that any Jangar, even one who had fought against humanity, could find a place amongst those that they chose, and he had used his position to recruit quite a few of his old people into the new Federation that the humans were forming. He was a bit iffy on the idea of multi-species government and society, but that was the sort of reason he stuck around. He could tell people that, and then, instead of removing limbs or tendrils, they would talk with him, until someone's opinion changed. The coffee ran out, or the war called them back to the duty. It was a novel experience for someone who grew up in the Imperium, and he was quite enjoying it so far. To the Federation sailors on the bridge, he was known as Smiles, when they thought he couldn't hear them, and he took a bit of personal delight in knowing that he didn't have to personally injure them for the words, which, of course, went back into his nickname. Right now, they were preparing for battle. A Jangar fleet, one far too small for this fight, had just jumped into real space around Valhalla again, and Zinn was the senior officer on the Defense Forces stationed here. Of course, after the heavy losses of the last battle, humanity had reinforced the guards posted here to something capable of handling anything. The Jangar naturally had sent basically identical fighting forces, as none one would have dared to suggest improvements to the last commander's plan. "'Crew!' he spoke out firmly and with a note of amusement. "'We are about to enter a deathly dance with the enemy. Tell me, is everything perfect?' A few on the bridge crew cracked out in smiles of their own. This ritual of theirs now part of the ship's culture. No, Captain, came back the chorus of answers. And is everything going according to plan? Of course not, Captain. Crew, tell me, how absolutely infallible am I? We don't trust you with anything more dangerous than string, Captain. The last line was different every time. And he'd noticed that they'd seemed to have a rotation of who got to deliver it. He was wondering if they drew straws to decide. Zen smiled broadly as the enemy warships moved into engagement range. Then everything is right with the world. Helm, move us into position. And let us begin. And, of story number one. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author on the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.